Welcome to the Fort Bragg PwC podcast. Today, our current president shares from her heart about discipleship. Amber is an amazing prayer warrior who has pretty much the whole Bible memorized. She loves studying God's word. You will truly be blessed by her message. Good morning, ladies. I need to make sure that I am realigned here, so let's go to the Lord in prayer again. Uh, Dear gracious and heavenly Father, I just thank you and I praise you. Thank you so much for every single lady that is in here, Lord. And dear Lord, as we go into your word, we just ask you to guide us, lead us, bless us, Lord. And please help us to uh, lift each other up. In your precious name we pray. Amen. All right, so let me get some slides up there. Got slides, I'm ready. So the last few weeks, we've been talking about discipleship and the different relationships that we have. And the first week, we went over discipleship and children, which Diana led us there. And one of the things that we learned there is you have to be intentional with your relationship and making sure that you're walking through it. And with the next week, Carlene and Steve, interestingly enough, you know, you have to be intentional with your relationship And last week, we learned that with friendships, you have to be intentional. So it should come up no surprise. We have to be intentional with our relationship with God. So as always, there's always going to be some sort of hiccup that happens. And I had these grand plans of the Toby Mac song, Till the Day I Die, playing synth MP4. Megan had it. Everything was going well and her computer crashed. It went down in flames. She was up until two o'clock this morning trying to get everything pulled together. (sighs) Rest in peace. The Toby Mac song did not make it. But it's a very common song, a lot of you know. Um, Everybody know Toby Mac, Till the Day I Die? If not, look it up, it's a great song. All right, so a couple lyrics out of there. I'll keep swinging for the fences. It's like this heart is defenseless against the passion that's pumping through my veins. Blood, sweat, tears, it's a calling. And if I can't walk, then I'm crawling. It might flicker, but they can't kill the flame. And yes, I had intended on reading this because these are hard hitting. It's running deeper than the ocean. This ain't religion, it's devotion. Three, six, five, every minute, every day. So in the middle of the madness, they can stretch me out like canvas. But I ain't never gonna stop, uh, fit in the frame. I can't stop. I can't quit. It's in my heart. It's in my lips. Are you devoted? Are you all in? Are you intentional? Can you be an effective discipler if you are ineffective in your relationship with God? So take that spiritual temperature. What does your relationship with God look like? Are you here on Sunday mornings, 11 to noon, and then run outside and fellowship, and then come back on Tuesdays from 9 until 10, and then run outside and fellowship, and then come back? What should our relationship with God look like? There are many different facets to the relationship that we have with God. He is our father, God our father, God our shepherd. Uh, We have compassionate, 
we have all these different things. But throughout the Bible, one of the aspects uh, that is often talked about is us cleaving to God as a bride does to her husband. And we will not leave. So today we're going to talk about three different things. We're going to choose, change, and communicate. I like that clock back there. I don't have to keep looking back here. Checking my time. All right, so first we're going to choose. And there is that fancy word, justification. Does anybody know what the word justification means? Not rhetorical. Elizabeth, what's justification? So justification, anybody else want to give it a shot for a cool PWC magnet? Hi, Danielle, how are you? Uh, justification is to be made right. That's right. So justification is to be made right. It is to choose, and God then makes it right. So we are going to get to that part of making it right. All right, next slide. We have James 219. Did I go back there with a magnet and never gave it to you? I love it, that's awesome. All right, so you're like, well, you know what? I believe in God, guess what? Even the demons believe in God and they shudder. Just because you believe in God does not mean that you are in a relationship with God, ladies. Many people know that God exists. Like it says, the demons believe in God. Are they in a marriage relationship with God? No, they aren't. You need to enter into a covenant with God. It's like your marriage. It's a forever thing. Right here, I know, I'm brave. I actually bought the real one that has the stamp on the back of it. This right here is a legal binding document that has cleaved Stephen Guevara to Amber Dawn Guevara. This is my marriage certificate. We have lots of different symbols and stuff. You know, you have the rings, which I'm horrible. I never wear a ring. It's in my jewelry box. It doesn't fit. I could go like that and fling off. Um, dresses, all of that. But this is a legal binding document. And when you choose to follow God as your Lord and Savior, you enter into a covenant. Does anybody want to tell me what a covenant is? A promise that you make with somebody in a relationship. Absolutely. It's a promise that you make in a relationship. And we've seen lots of different covenants throughout the Bible. But covenants are very important to enter into. It's binding. Go ahead. Next slide. So how we enter into a covenant with God is through our vows. Just like with your marriage, you go in, you say your vows, and then you are cleaved to your husband. And the same, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and you are saved. 
And so that is our sacred vows. And we enter into a marriage relationship with God. <clears throat> but the thing is, we aren't the ones that are just starting it. Long before we ever, ever even thought about God, God chose us. Because, uh, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God loves you. God chose you. So our relationship is not just a one-way thing. It's not, hey, God, I chose you. God chose you long before the world was even here. In Ezekiel, uh, like I said, the marriage relationship is seen throughout the whole Bible. Uh, this is not just a bridegroom and the church thing that we see in the New Testament. In Ezekiel, God's talking to Israel, and he says, Later I passed by, and when I looked at you and saw that you were old enough for love, I spread the corner of my garment over you and covered your naked body, and I gave you my solemn oath and entered into a covenant with you, declares the Sovereign Lord, and you became mine. All right, so look at that, that visual that we have there. Uh, if you're familiar with the book of Ruth, Ruth, she was from Moabite. She was a Moabite from Moab. And her husband, Killian, died. Her father-in-law died. Her brother-in-law died. And it was just her and Naomi. So it was just Naomi and Ruth. And the famine was getting bad. And they went back to Israel because it was getting better there. And the widows of that day, of course, could just go down to Walmart and get their sub-sandwiches and eat and be taken care of, right? No, it was, it was almost a death sentence for widows back then if they didn't have somebody to take care of them. And so Ruth had gone out into the field, and she had cleaned up the sheaves after the harvesters had gone through. But Boaz was the kinsman redeemer who came behind and said, Yes, I will take care of you. And it's got that picture. When she laid at his feet, he covered her with the corner of his garment. And that was his way of saying, I will protect you and I will cover you. In our inability, in our nakedness, God covers us with his covenant. Where we are weak, he is strong. We enter into this covenant by accepting Christ but it is God who truly covers us and protects us. So, with our relationship, our discipleship relationship, there has to be choice. You have to choose to follow God, not just believe in him. It's not just a belief. It is a choice. And next, there is change. You get married to your husband. Deshaun's all like, I'm not going to change for Julian. He married me for who I am. And uh, I ain't going to change. Leopard don't change its spots. But what does change mean? Okay, I mean, you're going to bring your two houses together. There is change that happens. You move into one another and pick out the dishes and all of that. There are changes. What do we bring to the marriage? What do we bring to our marriage with God? We bring filthy rags. 
All of us have become like one who is unclean, and all of our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf, and like the wind, our sins sweep us away. We need to change, but we are ineffective at change. We try. We try to do righteous acts, but our righteous acts are like filthy rags. I mean, it's, it's pretty rough. All have turned away, and they have become worthless. There is no one who does good, not one. So the book of Hosea, and this leads more into my life. The book of Hosea in the Old Testament, one of the minor prophets, and it's a sign act that God has Hosea do. He tells Hosea to go and find Gomer, who was a prostitute, and marry her. God told one of his prophets to go and marry an unclean woman who was active in prostitution. Hosea, being obedient as he did, married her, had three kids, and guess what she did? They lived happily ever after. No. She fell back into sin, left Hosea, and went back into prostitution. Hosea sought her out paid her debts, and brought her back home. And God changed the name of those children. They were now the people who he loved. So when I was growing up, I went to church. I had a really amazing family. Yeah, just let me get comfortable here, ladies. Uh, Really amazing family. My mom and dad were just so spiritual and so amazing. I had such a great upbringing. I was very active in the youth group. I was on the praise and worship team. Uh, Everything that you could think of. VBS. Of course I was doing VBS. Amber, not do VBS? Is there such a thing? Right? But when I was 19, uh, the world was so shiny looking. And it was so enticing. And I completely stepped out of my covenant with God. Because when I was four years old, I had chose Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Uh, My mom loves to tell the story of Christmas when I was six. My grandma was saying, don't you like what Santa got you? Santa's not real. He kind of is. He lives in your heart. No, Jesus lives in my heart. I was an honorary little kid. Still am. Uh, But when I was 19, I decided I wanted to set off into the world. And it was not a good choice. I separated myself just like Gomer separated herself from Hosea. Jesus had bought and paid for me. He had paid for my sins, and I walked away from my marriage covenant. Hosea had bought Gomer and paid for her sins, and she turned and walked away from him. And uh, it took five really hard years where I hit rock bottom. Um, Those were definitely not years to glorify, that's for sure. And I've paid for those sins since then, you know, just because when you walk back doesn't mean that there isn't repercussions from that. But when I did come back, God was there with open arms. There was no sin too hard that he did not forgive. 
He forgave my walking away, just like Gomer gave herself into prostitution. When we give ourselves up to the idols of this world, we are committing adultery against God because we are walking away with him. But just like Hosea bought Gomer back, God bought me back. There has to be change because all of our righteousness is like those filthy rags. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. If you don't make that choice to live in a marriage relationship with God, you have death because there is no life outside of Jesus. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Our bridegroom loves us. He already bought us with his sacrifice. He paid our debts. We were talking about justification. He justified us. He paid for our sins. Picture the courthouse. We're going up there, and these are my sins. And the judge looks at you and says, you are covered. Christ paid for your sins. Like Hosea bought Gomer out of her slavery, Christ has bought us out of our slavery to sin. Those sins are gone. No matter what you have in your past, it is gone. As far as the east is from the west, has God removed our transgressions from us. Those sins... The East never meets the West. When God has cleansed us, it's gone. It's not hidden. It's not in the back of the closet with those other skeletons. Those skeletons are gone. So we were taught with regard to our former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitudes of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So we are to change. There are things that we are to strive for, but like I said, we can't really change. It is only God who works in us to change. All right, I need you guys to think really hard. What is one thing that your husband does that drives you absolutely nuts, and you've asked him not to do it? several times. You got that in your mind? Are you thinking? You ever had to get blousers out of your vacuum cleaner? Or his army stuff is shed from the front door to the bedroom? Or socks never make it to the hamper? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I upset you. I'm not sorry for what I did. God is faithful and just to forgive us of our unrighteousness. But ladies, are we confessing our sins and trying to repent, which is to turn away from it? Or are we going to... Oh, I'm sorry. We need to change. 
we need to effectively work at that, at making ourselves better. This is my house. I've got an empty hamper, and it's not because I did the laundry. Um, <laughs> we have to remember that our sorries are not the same as repenting. How does that make you feel when you've asked your husband so many times, can you just get the socks in the hamper? How many times says, he just keep missing it. How many times have you watched that show on Netflix that you knew you shouldn't be putting into your mind? How many times did you listen to that song one more time just because it had a really good beat and you wanted to run to it? How many times did you, how many times did you, but you knew that you could say sorry? Ladies, we need to change. But this is not something new. This is not something that we fight with. I love tongue twisters. Fox and Socks was my favorite books to read to my children. Because of the Tweedle Beetle battles with the poodles eating noodles. But one of my favorite tongue twisters is from the Apostle Paul. And it's in Romans. This is fun to try to stay fast with your kids, and it makes them really interested in the Bible because there's lots of interesting things in the Bible. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, and I agree that the law is good as it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is the sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I can't carry it out. For I do not do the good that I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep doing. Can you tell that Paul was having a little bit of a conundrum there, right? So even the Apostle Paul had this same situation. But what do we do? We don't just say sorry. We say, Lord, create in me a clean heart and renew a steadfast spirit in me. Lord, help me to change. Sit down with your husband. Sit down with God and say, these are my sins. Please heal me of them. Please help me to stop watching these things. Please help me to fill my mind with the things that only glorify you. Ladies, God wants you. God goes after you. Just like Hosea went after Gomer when she left him and went back into prostitution. In Luke 12, we have three back-to-back parables. God, the good shepherd, left the 99 sheep to go find the one lost sheep. The lady was searching for the one coin, and she rejoiced when she found that one coin. The father rejoiced and killed the fatted calf and threw a party, covered his son with the coat when he returned. If you know that you have backslidden, if you are sitting there going, oh, what do I do? I can't do this anymore. God will accept you back with open arms. And he will kill the fatted calf. 
He will throw that party. The angels rejoice in heaven when you return to him. Thank goodness, too, because I'll tell you what. Whew, I look at my five-year span there, and I was so thankful that God welcomed me home. The next part that we have is communication. So we have to choose to be in relationship with God. And then we have to change as the Lord would change us. But we, in and of ourselves, cannot change. We have to let the Holy Spirit work within us. But then we need to communicate. Now, how do you communicate with your husband at home? Okay? Is this your communication at home? Oh, come on, kids. Come on, kids. Come on, let's go. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Get your shoes on. I'm going to be late. We're not going to get a good parking spot. Come on. All right. All right, Jesus, I'll see you again on Tuesday morning. You know, and then you come back and then, oh. How good of a marriage would you have if that's the most that you communicated with your husband? If that's all you did, how good would your marriage be? So if this is all you're communicating with your bridegroom, who paid for your sins, who has chosen to be in a relationship with you, how good is your marriage to God? How strong is your marriage to God? And not just you communicating to him, how often do you be still and listen? How often do you read the love letters that your Lord and Savior gifted you with? How often do you spend time with your husband? How often do you go and be quiet and listen to the words that he tells you? If you're not telling your husband that you love him and that he matters and that you care for him and that you desire that intimate time with him, Will your earthly husband know that you love him if you don't spend time with him? In the same, how does your, your heavenly husband know if you don't spend that time with him? In discipleship, if you don't spend time with your husband, if you don't spend time with your children, if you're not spending time with your friends, you can't disciple, right? So if you're not spending time with God and building and developing a relationship, how can you be an effective disciple? You can't. You really can't. Jesus spent so much time with his heavenly Father. When he was here on earth, when he humbled himself to come here as a flesh and blood man, he would spend all this time praying to his heavenly father. You'd be like, oh, he don't need to talk to him. He's got a straight pipeline to him. That's God the Father. He's been with him since eternity. He doesn't need to take time with him. But it was important to Jesus to spend that time with his heavenly father. Went up on the mountainside, prayed. Garden of Gethsemane. That's a hard one to say. The disciples couldn't even stay awake when he was praying. 
but Jesus was there praying. He was bleeding his heart out to him. But are we barely even carving out a thank you, Lord, for this food? Or, you know, do we only go to the Lord when things are going bad? How would your marriage be if the only time you spent with your husband was, hey, babe, car broke down. Hey, babe, the key's not working. Hey, babe, we got to change. The garage door won't go up. Why isn't the garage door going up? needs to be more communication than just that. Why? Because the Lord cares. The Lord wants to hear everything. He wants to hear about all your good things. He wants to hear about your bad things. He wants to hear about the rough things. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry, and he saves them. And we can cast all of our cares, all of our anxiety on him because he cares for us. He heals the brokenhearted. He binds up their wounds. We are able to talk to the creator of the world, the creator of the universe. We are in this relationship with him. He wants to hear everything. So take that, that spiritual temperature. Think about it as you're going. Go. Lord, thank you for this. I was telling, uh, was it Sarah? Sarah, was I telling you? I was coming down the hall with you, and uh, I just had another outbreak of shingles on this shoulder right here. And, of course, when I first figured out what was going on, I had a little mini meltdown, cried, because this is the third time since November that I've had it. And uh, it's painful. It itches. It drives me nuts. But, Sarah, what was I saying? Thank you, Lord, it's not COVID. Thank you, Lord, it's not on my face this time. Thank you, Lord, that I already have all the medicine. So even in those times, I'm praising the Lord. Not just the bad stuff. There's the good stuff. So I want you guys to think back to Esther. Yeah, hitting another lady of the Old Testament. Who was Esther? Was anybody Esther in the the game earlier? Was anybody Esther? Nobody was Esther. Okay. So I love parallels in the Bible, especially Old Testament to New Testament. So in Esther 5.2, because it's in Romans 5.2 also, you've got this picture of Esther going into the throne room. And this is a boldness because people did not go into the throne room unless they were invited into the throne room. And she wants to go talk to her husband, who is the king in the throne room. And she goes up and he thankfully puts his scepter out which says that she is accepted to talk to him and she reaches out and touches the tip of the scepter East, Esther, Esther Esther was welcomed into that throne room and was able to talk to her husband Romans 5 1 and 2 therefore since we have been justified through faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand and we boast in the hope of the glory of God because you have chosen to be in this marriage relationship with God you can now boldly go into his throne room and God puts a scepter down to you and will listen to everything that you want to say to him then let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need 
and talk about communication. Good communication styles. How many times have you gone to your husband? It's been a really hard day. And you're like, I'm just gonna like this, and then we look that around, and he's like, really? Do we do we need to take the dog to the vet? Through all of that, he knew what you were saying because he's your husband. He loves you, and he knows what's going on. In the same, even when we don't know what to say and we can't even get it out, the Lord knows what his bride needs and what's going on. And in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. And we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes with us through wordless groans. So <laughs> even when we are ineffectively communicating with our bridegroom, he knows what's going on. And as Paul told us, we need to pray continually. Pray continually. Or if your King James Version is pray without ceasing. So, how many of you guys want to be effective disciplers this year? I want to be an effective discipler this year. To be an effective discipler, we need to be in a real relationship with God. You need to choose Jesus as your Lord and Savior because he already chose you. He loves all of us, and he doesn't want anyone to fall away. He wants us all to be there. And then you need to ask the Lord to create in you a pure heart and to renew in you a steadfast spirit. And then you need to work on that communication skills. Just like we need to work on our communication skills with our husbands, right? So, don't forget about those people out there also listening on the, the live stream. I want to challenge you guys. If nobody here is in that relationship with God, I want you guys to come and hang out with me or Diana or Jen or one of the board ladies get you situated, get you in that marriage between the creator of the world. It's not just in word, it's not just a ring, it's not just a dress. It's a binding covenant to live and love the Lord for life. It's a pretty amazing thing, I'll tell you what, ladies. And on that note, my loving earthly husband ordered a bunch of these PWC magnets for the cars because he's so much fun. And so if anybody else would like one, just come and see me and I'll give you one. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you and we praise you, Lord. Dear Lord, thank you for choosing us, Lord. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for wanting to be in a relationship with us. And dear Lord, as fallen humans, Lord, we know that we fall short of your glory. And dear Lord, we know that we struggle in relationship. But dear Lord, we know that you, the author and the founder of our faith, will lead us and guide us, Lord. You'll lead us by those gentle streams, Lord. And dear Lord, please help us. Please help us to change. Please help us to be more and more like you every day, Lord. And dear Lord, please help us to learn to communicate, not just with our children, not just with our husband, not just with our friends, but help us to become more comfortable with communicating with you, Lord. 
It's hard to communicate here on earth. Please help us to become able to be more comfortable with this, Lord. To be able to speak freely, Lord. To be able to proclaim boldly your word, Lord. Please just give us that passion, Lord. Please don't let us drop off and be nominal Christians. Please give us that fire, that drive, that, that want to go and share you, Lord. And dear Lord, we just thank you and we praise you, Lord. In your precious holy name we pray. Amen. Hi, thank you for listening to Protestant Women of the Chapel, Fort Bragg. We are workers together for Christ. If you've been inspired, please share our podcast with those who could use a good word.